Hey everyone, this is Lieutenant Governor Matt Pennell coming to you with another Oklahoma Innovate That podcast. Uh, we do these podcasts uh, in partnership with OCAST here in the state of Oklahoma, uh, a uh, partner of and, and really who helps run our innovation pipeline model inside the state of Oklahoma. Uh, thank you all for listening to another episode uh, and listening to another just wonderful company that we have inside the state uh, that is both innovative on the front lines of um, doing some really amazing work uh, in, in an industry that uh, certainly needs to see innovation, and, and uh, she has certainly found an answer to that. The company that I'm going to be talking to today is Utopia Plastics, um, a company that specializes in producing a plant-based alternative for petroleum-based plastics. Uh, pretty, pretty cool, something that uh, a lot of people have been scratching their heads uh, over for, for years, if not decades and decades, to, to help address. Uh, it's a patented product, uh, can be used in, in uh, any plastic application, uh, and is found in items such as straws, uh, bags, uh, eating utensils. We all, we all know uh, uh, the, those type of, of plastic uh, products. Uh, the product can be used in, in, in a variety of ways, too, to avoid the difficulties of, of uh, recreating manufacturing processes. Uh, the crops used to make Utopia Plastics are USDA-approved, uh, absorb carbon at four to five times the rate of trees. I uh, want to hear more about that. Uh, and actually replenish the earth with uh, value, valuable nutrients, uh, which again is something that we should be talking more about. Uh, this breakthrough alternative is, is what the global market is looking for. I, I could not agree more. Um, and with us uh, is Sharina Perry. Hello, Sharina. Hi. Thank you. Thank you. Well, of course. Thank you for being with us. Um, a little bit about uh, Sharina um, from, from the website. Uh, grew up in the South, saw firsthand what it meant to be an African-American woman before she knew what it meant to be a businesswoman. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, and now as the founder of Utopia Plastics, she's on a mission to make sure minority business is something to be infinitely proud of. I could not agree more. Uh, we need more of that. Uh, and we need champions like you to kind of tell those stories. Uh, she continues to be driven by personal accounts of minority farmers and business owners uh, who have been impacted uh, by land misuse and economic hardship. Uh, Sharina has a goal uh, to really help multi-generational minority and disadvantaged families and their communities. So kudos to you for, for the mission that you're on. I know it's a mission, yes, to advance your business, but it's a mission. It's an absolute mission that you're on uh, to really be prior, prioritizing and, and championing minority-owned businesses. Um, so, what is the story? Well, let's just start there. Uh, what What is the story behind Utopia? Well, Utopia for me started when I was younger, as a little girl. I would literally this idea of Utopia of solutions of community coming together. So, mm -hmm. I would see global problems and I would try to I would write down how to solve them. And I actually had told my parents when I was 12 that I was going to change the world by the time I was 50. Wow. I'm 47 now. You're doing it. I think I got it. You're doing it. But um, it was really what actually launched me, though, into it and seeing it in a business way was when my nephew was diagnosed with neurofibromatosis, too, and there was no cure. Mm. And as he was in surgery in Dallas, my sister said, 
I need you to help him. And so he now has 30% hearing. So it was looking at plant matter to see how it could address tumors. And that caused me to study plant matter even more as I started seeing how plant could be used in other things. There were actually announcements that plants could be used as an alternative to petroleum, mm -hmm. to cotton, as well as even to um, wood. And so that start the global initiative to address that and knowing that, but I did the studies and I didn't see anything. I didn't yeah. see a whole lot in that space. And Starbucks announced that they were giving $10 million to someone who found, helped them find a solution for their straw. Yeah. So that was like a driver to use what I learned to help get to the point of mm. FDA approval for these health and wellness products I that, wanted to that develop. That is fascinating. Uh, so why plastics? I mean, you mentioned it a little bit, um, and, and certainly the world is always talking about plastic, plastics and addressing uh, the plastics, I guess you could say, problem that we have uh, from a recycling perspective and others. But why plastics? Plastics because when we made the shift, when companies made the shift to plastics, it was now it would be paper. Paper straws, for instance, only it made up 1% of the market. They were advancing to 25%. If we started cutting down trees and using paper straws to solve that, we're creating another problem. Mm -hmm. So I always felt like, why do we continue to create problems as we attempt to solve them? Yeah. And so plastics, it was an alternative to plastics, not necessarily to move to something else that could harm the environment. Yeah, no, it, it, it is a good uh, point. And sometimes in state government, you see this too. You know, you, you fix a problem, but by fixing it, you're creating five other problems. Uh, we, we do that a lot in state government too. Um, and again, I, I think a lot of of those issues. I think it's it's why we're going to fix more problems and change the world with entrepreneurs, uh, not so much inside of state government. And I'm, that's I'm, that's coming from a politician. So uh, so again, I, I think you're going about it the right way. Uh, explain how your product uh, works with already existing manufacturing uh, procedures and how this benefits your your potential clientele. That was a very, we, there were very intentional questions I had in my mind because I didn't want manufacturers to have to spend an absorbent amount of money modifying their equipment. I also didn't want them, people to be without jobs by trying to find another alternative. So I worked with a compounder to help me develop it to actually the point that we would meet the profiles they currently use in their manufacturing equipment. What we did find out, however, though, is by using the plant material and running it at lower temperatures, we actually had energy-saving costs. Hmm. So um, uh, whatever, if the manufacturer's currently running polyethylene, if he's currently running polypropylene, we can provide the resin, simple drop-in. He does not have to modify his equipment in any way and use the same process. Hmm. That's great. Um, so what was the first product you created? The first product I created when I started this journey in was in paper first. I made the first hemp paper straw. Ah. I had the paper made, and Hoffmaster, who owns Aardvark Straws, made it into straws for us. And then the first product that I actually made that I commercialized was my compounded resin. Now, in the development, the R&D and development, we before I went to patenting, I had made a blend of different things to actually see if the science would work. 
but compounding is where we needed to be at. So in developing our compounded resin, we figured out a science. And so we literally made resin that worked at the same time making straws, making bags, making cutlery, and making containers. Wow. It, what, what year, when, what's the timeline on that? When, when was that first product um, launched? The, we started Utopia. I announced it in June of 2018. Okay. So I, this has been a fast, fast run. Yes. I mean, right out of the gate. Yeah. Right out of the gate. I filed for my um, patents in 2019, in December 2019, and then I made my sample, first samples were produced with different manufacturers throughout the country in um, February of 2020, this wow. year. Uh, most popular product uh, that, that you guys are offering to date. You mentioned, again, a couple of the products that you've, you uh, are currently creating. What's, what's been the most popular? Well, because of the demand, we felt like we were still on purpose. You know, it was straws, but the growing demand for our resin in yeah. different applications is really what has moved to be a huge driver. Absolutely. You know, okay, so you've, you've, you've developed products that, again, customers want, um, popular um, certainly a game-changing um, uh, type of type of product from um, an environmental perspective as well. What what industry or sector uh, would you most like to see your product in the future? Well, um, because we cover multiple platforms in our plastics, we've created a lane. We now are trademarked as agriculture in plastics application manufacturing. So we have the lane of food packaging building material, household goods. We can cover several different markets and industry. Anywhere plastics is, we are there. Gosh. Um, your relationship with your agriculture partners, I wanted to talk a little bit mm -hmm. about that. Um, you know, you, you mentioned again your relationship with minority farmers. Um, you know, agriculture is still one of the backbones of Oklahoma's economy, but, but many states, and I think we forget that, <laughs> that agriculture uh, is still king. We still have to feed and clothe the world, and that's going to be done by uh, small business owners, i.e. farmers. But what is that relationship with your agriculture partners, and, and what is seed to sell as well? I, I, I want to explain that because, you know, there's a lot of people say that, and I think we gloss over exactly what that means. Well, we built our utopia model around it. It was, we really look at agriculture being used in everyday items. I didn't start this journey to beat up on plastics mm -hmm. or petroleum. In fact, we can add our product to existing petroleums and help neutralize the carbon and make it eco-friendly. Mm -hmm. We yeah. actually make it recyclable. So as far as the farmers go now, and you mentioned a seed to sell, typically we look at agriculture and food consumption. So now we're looking at agriculture in the products we use every day. So now imagine the plastic cup. Now let's talk about the spoon. Now let's talk about the pen. Now let's talk about any item that you can touch. It's a sustainable economic model as well. Hmm. And it's a circular model. So you have farming, processing, manufacturing, and distribution. And it starts at the farmer in that supply chain. So that farmer never has to stop, has to stop growing. Every product so when a company comes in and decides they're going to align with Utopia in this model, they're supporting the local, local farmer, yep. which helps support the local economy. Yep. It's what I feel like extension programs were set out to do yes. in 
um, by the USDA from the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's very true. Um, how many other varieties of this product are patented like yours? There are, we were able to file for a broad patent okay. because the science before in studying it had determined plant matter in this form could not be used in blown film or extrusion with a thin wall. It could be loaded up to 15 to 20% um, for injection mold items. In fact, automotive companies are using it in their car panels, in their bumpers, hmm. but it had not been used. So we identified the portions of the crop, how to actually make it where it would work in the application, how we could blend it, and we were able to file for a broad patent. So when we filed for the broad patent, we were also able to cover additional crops who were identified as that. In fact, many of the patents before us said what we did could not be done, and they were very specific, so that helped me in my research. No, that's good. <laughs> um, well, you mentioned patents, and again, a lot of people that, that uh, listen to this podcast are small business owners, may have an idea for a business, uh, maybe dreaming about creating something. Um, your patent uh, advice to, to to those that might be listening to this. I mean, you said you you did a lot of research here. Obviously, did anyone wasn't did you did you hire someone to help you through that patent process, or or did you do a lot of that on your your own? You know, my my wife started a business, uh, entrepreneur. We you know we we were able to hire someone uh, to help us uh, that was kind of an expert expert on on filing patents. What what was your uh, the process there. So I studied first because I wanted to know if what I had done, what I was doing, was I what was I pouring my pouring my effort into. Yes. Then I hired Dunlap Cotting as my patent Got attorneys, yeah. and as you know, they help do the research. Yes. They're good at what they do, so yes. we feel like we hired the best. Good, yeah, and I we we also hired a a law firm, local law firm that that um, had some experts there that to help through that process. Again, I I know that is an expensive process, but it has to be done. You, 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 you got to cross those T's and dot those I's before you, you move too far ahead. So um, uh, re re reach out to anybody on this podcast that uh, has created a product. Um, I'm sure those companies would be happy to talk to uh, to other entrepreneurs in, in, this, in uh, Oklahoma about how to hook up with some of those folks that do it well. Um, how many states do you have a presence in at, at this time? Currently, right now, we're distributing in over 30 states and seven countries. Wow. Since and, we launched at the end of October. Okay. Uh, do, do you travel? What, what's um, obviously to, to a lot of these other states, uh, you know, in a, in a COVID year, how has that international relationship been and traveling to those places as well? So I haven't done any international travel. I will be international. Well, actually, other than Mexico, but I um, I am traveling to Europe in um, January. Most of my travels have been here in the U.S. I'm visiting manufacturing facilities, and I was actually on the plane traveling when um, the governor announced that we were going shelter in place, and I have still traveled since even to times when there were three people on the airplane. Um, I've watched the change. I, it's been interesting. It's a different world that we live in. Um, but coming, coming out of COVID, it will be very interesting to see um, how, how the airline industry deals with uh, ongoing pandemics like this. But it's also good to know that you've been able to, haven't, you haven't have, have not had to stop any of the momentum that you've created here. 
I mean, you know, businesses, uh, you know, they can't shut down. Mm -hmm. Entrepreneurs have to continue to innovate, and uh, we'll have to do that out of COVID, no doubt about it. We have to keep going, and I think COVID taught us also, because so many manufacturers, it did affect some of the manufacturing spaces. Um, we found manufacturers that maybe COVID spread throughout their entire facility. Yeah. We also had the issue of products coming in to the U.S. Right. I think COVID in the manufacturing space has taught us to look at more about how to be sustainable within our own borders. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a good point. Uh, how many employees do you have? I mean, uh, I talked about your travel schedule. How, how many employees do you currently have? Currently, right now, we have on our team about 16 individuals, and then we have strategically aligned partners. That's great. Uh, the, the growth, are you looking um, into 2021? Um, uh, to uh, hire more people in Oklahoma and other states as well? Absolutely. Um, currently, we have our processing facility in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Our goal is for a processing facility to be in Oklahoma. I am Good. very intentional about building this opportunity here. I wasn't able to find a lot of what I needed, and I want to bring that back to the yeah. state. And right now, the manufacturers that are using our products in the state are we're bringing them opportunity from outside of the state, new products, yeah. new um, new suite of products, and more jobs. Good, good. Uh, are, are there any types of plastic? I wanted to ask this. I mean, again, we're talking about plastics here. You're talking about alternatives. Are, are there any types of plastics you can't, uh, you know, there cannot be an alternative to? Well, um, so far right now, there are alternatives that people are developing, like they're using a PLA, the PHA is big right okay. now. The hunt for people to find an alternative to plastics is huge. Yes. And I like that. I don't, I don't, I'm in my lane. Mm -hmm. And I love people trying to find a solution to a problem. Yeah. And to me, if we all are focused on that, we can all get there. Sure. And so, um, so far... We have not found anything we're not able to offer okay. a solution for. Yeah. And so some of the companies that we work with, they're pretty impressed too. <laughs> yeah, I, that is very impressive. Yeah. So, so you know, w this is the Oklahoma Innovate That podcast in partnership with OCAST. And, and we, we I've, I've been a huge champion of the Oklahoma innovation model that we have here in Oklahoma and at just a host of, of uh, companies that we have uh, that uh, are helping uh, companies thrive and, and investing in those companies. Talk about what OCAST and their partners are doing to help Utopia. When Amy reached out with OCAST and even Lyle, it was like almost a dream for me. Mm -hmm. It was as an entrepreneur and you start on a journey and you're working through it, every entrepreneur knows the work. So when someone extends their hand and wants to know what you're doing, but the difference is they're getting involved in the process. They're, I got to a certain point, and this is a global initiative. They have the contacts and the resources that I need to help move the needle forward for what we're doing here in Oklahoma. Yeah. And I'm truly appreciative for the team around them, for the Oklahoma innovation model, for helping me get to those manufacturers for helping me get to new product development. Through their relationship, I've now been able to connect with Oklahoma State University, and they've committed to doing some testing of our material, which I'm paying a lot of money to have these tests done, standardized testing, 
and for them to assist, that's huge. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we, we again, we love hearing uh, the personal examples of, of companies that, um, and to have, again, a state you know, proactively reach out to companies. It doesn't happen in, in some other states, no, but in Oklahoma it is. And uh, we love hearing those, those, those type of stories. Um, you know, again, you, you have an amazing idea, amazing product, uh, amazing businesswoman, but to have, you know, a, a pipeline of, of companies in the state, um, OCAS and Oklahoma Manufacturing Alliance, and they all have their swim lanes where they can help and their expertise that can help. Uh, it can be a game changer for for companies. It's uh, Utopia is about community, mm. and all the right recipe is here. You have agencies, you have industries, so I can take now farmers and combine them with manufacturers, get agencies involved, produce products as a community of Oklahoma. We're building what we wanted to see with mm. Utopia. That's great, and we always close with with. The question, why Oklahoma? You know, we're, we're, we interview companies that are based in Oklahoma, but also have, you know, uh, operations in other states and manufacturing facilities in other states. But you live in Oklahoma. You live in Oklahoma City. You grew up in the South, but you've chosen Oklahoma uh, to, to live, work, and play. Why Oklahoma? Well, for me, as a businesswoman early in, in Oklahoma, there was something about that I just learned. It was about the history of minority land ownership in Oklahoma. Oklahoma had the largest amount of minority land ownership in the country. Mm. It also had a history of industry among the black community, Black Wall Street. It had incorporated towns. And I thought, how do my grandfather couldn't read, but he was a landowner and a very good businessman. My father was in oil and gas, so it's like part of my story comes back to this just has to be a core place that I help build the industry of what I want to do. If I want to really impact change and cause people to dream bigger, it has to be here in Oklahoma. Mm, I love that. That's great. Shereen, any other final thoughts that, that uh, you want to pass on to listeners? I want to encourage um, one to dream impossibility. Mm. Never think there's nothing you can't do because I'm a brown girl with no degree in chemistry that filed for a patent in the platform or alternative to petroleum-based plastics that can be used globally. Imagine that. Yeah. Well, we are lucky to have you in Oklahoma. I, I want you to know that. Uh, and we will do anything to help you continue to grow. Uh, and continue to be able to um, certainly prosper in your business, but also continue to just be a light to minority business owners. And, and as you just said, tell them, hey, dream big. Dream the impossible because it is possible, and it's possible right here in Oklahoma. Uh, so thank you all for listening in to another episode of Oklahoma Innovate That Podcast. Thank you to Odcast for helping sponsor and host this. And we look forward to being back again very soon uh, with another amazing business that is doing uh, amazing work right here in the state in a global, um, a global leader across the world. Thank you all so much.